Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Podcast. Read Junk Podcast. With your host, my guy. What's up, everybody? It's the Rejunk Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kremko. Uh, we're back with a brand new episode. In this episode, I talk with Matt from the Planet Smashers and Stomp Records. The band is celebrating 25 years, so I figured I would chat with Matt. Um, I thought I interviewed him back in my Scott Punk and Other Junk days, but I guess I don't think I I don't think I did. I was looking on the search on the site, and I just couldn't find anything that we had an interview with him. Um, but I thought I had something like that. But uh, anyway. The band also has a brand new album coming out on May 10th called Too Much Information, and it's just another great release for them. Um, I listened to it a few times, and it's just very just a solid album. Um, the band's very consistent with uh, with their with the ska with the ska. In this episode, Matt and I talk about the new album, the early days of the band, the Canadian ska scene, Stomp Records, a little bit of hockey, of course. Uh, plus, we talk about some of the Planet Smashers songs and music videos. Um, it was a great chat, so have a listen. Uh, towards the end, Skype was a little, little acting a little strange, so I apologize about that. It was like some feedback, but you can still make out what's going on and what's what's being discussed. Uh, so here's my chat with Matt from Planet Smashers. Enjoy. So how's the weather up there, man? <laughs> it's not not great, man. Was, <laughs> it's like was, maybe, I don't know. Was it snowing? It almost did. <laughs> I mean, like... They're threatening snow, but I think, uh, you know, we're going to be okay. It's Right now, it's kind of a little bit of blue. I'd say it's, what, 8 degrees Celsius, so we're talking like, what? I don't know. 48? Oh. 46? Okay, so it's yeah, it's similar. To, maybe it's a little warmer down here. I'm in New Jersey right now, so it's... Yeah, but it's I, I, I guess it was snowing up in upstate New York the other day. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're saying there might be a little bit coming in on uh, next week, early next week. The, the icon in the weather app, yeah, it's got like the sun, a cloud, rain, thunder, and snow. I've never seen all five. So it's like, like all of the above. They're just like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, welcome to the Rejunk Podcasts. Um, right yeah. So I, I've talked to you before at shows. I was looking up and. The last time I saw you guys was in 2004, uh, like June in Inning Factory. Like, so it was, it's been a while. And... Oh, that was fun. I think we, when the first song started, we were like, here we go. Let's get him. And we ran out, and our saxophone player tripped on a monitor and <laughs> fell down in front of everybody. And we're like, oh. I don't even remember that. Yeah. But I, I remember it was really hot because it was in June, and it was like the Inning Factory had an upper, upper level. So I was at the upper level part, and my my glasses were all fogging up. And I had the Aquabats and then Lederhosen something. Oh, Lucille. So it was different. It wasn't Ska's Dead. It was uh, Aquabats. Yeah, that was yeah. that was. A- that was good. We did we did fine on that one. <laughs> no one no one tripped. But was that the last time you were in New York? It it, it might be. I mean, it, it was either Probably. that or one was Scott. Yes. Scott is dead. We played Jersey a couple times since then at a place that had like I think it fell apart. We played with Bigwig at, in a Jersey club once. Okay, a little while ago. Well, not a little while ago, like two thousand seven maybe. Right. And the floor fell down. I remember that. Tom from Bigwig fell through the floor. <laughs> He's, when he gets angry, though, man, look out. Kind <laughs> <laughs> uh, of crying shit. Yeah, so so it's been a while. Um, I I feel like I've only seen you a few, few. I've only seen you guys a few times, but every time it has been excellent. And uh, I just just kind of wish you you come down. It's only five or six hour drive, right? <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of some issues with the Were border. You banned? <laughs> the border. Yeah, so I mean, we're still working on that. One guy still can't get in. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, he's kind of an important guy. Well, I guess it explains some things. Especially, it's probably harder to get into the country nowadays. It is um, just for any if for any country, I guess. Um, but so you're celebrating your 25th anniversary of with yeah. the band. So it's it's you guys are worse. My website and stuff, I've been doing this for 22 years, so you guys beat me by a couple of years. But I've been a fan since the first album, so it's... Man, right on. Yeah. Um, so your new album's Too Much Information. It's the ninth yeah. full length. Um, crap. <laughs> it is the ninth. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, how, how long... Like, what was the recording process and, like, how long did it take? Did... I mean, like, we had, 
we had the plan was to have this out two years ago. It was supposed oh, really? to come out in 2017, but then we just sort of, yeah, people sort of did this and that, and it's like more shows coming, and then we just kept on doing that, and then eventually, uh, I'm just gonna close my uh, yeah, no problem, couple apps here, so we don't hear more dings. Um, yeah, so like uh, we kept on sort of putting it off. We had more shows that came in, and then people got busy. Um, eventually, I was like, okay, look, guys, we're doing. I'm booking studio time. I'm like we don't have anything written. I'm like I'm booking studio time. <laughs> we're going. Here we go. So I did that, and then that summer, last summer, we just uh, we met every once a day, once a week, every week for like, I guess ten, twelve weeks in a row. So you guys song- all you guys all live like in close proximity, right? Yeah. yeah, close enough. I mean, like some rehearsals, you know, someone wouldn't be there, but in general, there'd be enough to do stuff, and and you know, we had some uh, other like little sessions where we should be help with the lyric sessions. Not that our lyrics are very deep or anything, but we still need help. <laughs> um, you know, it's a process. It's like yeah. we're all humble people and no one feels overly confident with anything they create. So having that kind of, you know, self-assurance is kind of nice. Um, so, yeah, the process, that's kind of happened. We hit the studio. We're in there for two weeks. I had Lyme disease during the recording. Oh. I didn't know at the time. And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't feel good. I thought I was getting old because I'm not. And I thought I was getting old. And uh, I was holding my guitar like – when did this guitar get so heavy? Because I'm just dying from Lyme disease. And it was only like the, the beginning of it. I found it right after and I got treated and it's all gone. Like it's People that get Lyme disease would laugh at my version of it because it was only for like three days. So Yeah, I've gotten you know. bitten. But I don't think I've like – I had like mild case. My wife got it on our honeymoon. We were like we didn't discover this until like we were in Paris. <laughs> oh, man. Did you get her antibiotics and – yeah, so we were we tried out the the the, the French uh, healthcare system and like gave, good. yeah, I mean they gave us some, like really powerful stuff, but she was afraid to take it. So it's like, all right, I mean, so, but she didn't, but they didn't tell her she had Lyme disease there. So it was when we found out when we got back, but it was yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, you, so, you feel like crud. Yeah, so it does. <laughs> I found it in my armpit, like like Whoa. ticks and stuff. Yeah, it's just gross. Anyway, <laughs> took a left turn pretty quickly. Um, so the title of the album is "Too Much Information." Was it? Was the title something about like there's just so much info out there on the world, or is it about everyone oversharing too much information? Or? I mean, it's a bit about both. I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I like to pretend that it's about oh, you know, there's just too much information these days. There's, there's too much noise, and we really got to get back to the basics now. It's really just about someone telling me more than I wanted to know about something, and I'm like, I took Dude. a shit this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my my mother in law, she's always like TMI, TMI. So I was like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fitting for this age, you know, everyone oversharing on social media and stuff. So, um, well, I I've listened to the album for a few times already, and I think it's very consistent. Uh, like you guys are one of the most consistent ska bands, I think. Every album, this is like these guys. You know, you're very reliable with putting good music out. So it's good, I mean, man. Yeah, right, thanks. Appreciate um, it. I'm trying to think. There was a few songs I liked on it. I mean, the, the single was good, "Can't Stop," which you you had the same title for and Mighty, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I was I said to Mike, I was like, should we call it something else? He's like, <laughs> no. I'm like, all right, fine. Um, was there anything? For the you could... band to have two songs with the same name. Yeah, it, it happens. Um, was there anything that you guys did you do differently than previous albums? Or, well, I mean, the the process was a, you know, it was a little different because we, we the horns came in at times. There was, there was more rhythm section rehearsals and having a keyboard player in the band. Like we were a five piece for the first eight albums. This, you know, we always had keys on stuff, but we never had a guy who was actually in the band. And uh, Patrice has been playing with us for four years. So we're like, why don't we just add that element and we can have some different instrumentation that, that's there all the time, even when we play live. So we didn't have to rely on on, on that, which is good. Um, it was nice. It brought in a little breath of fresh air. Yeah, I think ever since you added the keys, I think it's added another uh, dynamic, yeah, dynamic or whatever to the band. Yeah, it's like my obsessions, like one of my favorite songs. Oh, uh, cool. Um, just because I like the keyboards on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so has a lineup changed over the years, or has it been kind of like? I so mean, bad. yeah, so many members. So I mean, you're pretty much the only. Are you the only original member? No, Dave is too, but he's the guy who can't get into America. So oh, right, just, okay. That's just um, Scott's been in the band since 2002. So. 
Yeah. It's not like they, the, the, the rotating door hasn't been that. And the other guys have been 2011. So, I mean, everyone's been in been for in. quite a bit of time now, actually. When you think of it that way, you know, this is Al's third record. Alex, our saxophone player. It's Pat Taylor's second. He joined right after our, our trombone player left for a real career in music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and, uh, so it's Pat. But, um, and then Patrizio, our keyboard player, he was playing in other bands and he was just always sort of around and kind of just weaseled his way into the band. It's like, oh, can I be in the band now? We're like, oh, aren't you already? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that happened. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so do you remember like the early days of the band? I mean, probably you do, yeah. but like, I mean, so how was it like compared to now, like as far as like show attendance and like crowd sizes? Well, I mean, from when, when we started, the first wow i'd say three years was pretty tough you know not a lot of people gave a crap um you know and we weren't going to the states and we're kind of outside of the ska boom that happened in america um you know we we weren't on moon we you know we started on record label for better or worse um you know that's so that would get those kind of insulated or yeah or you know there's a bit of a wall to get through i mean once (laughs) um like the party came out, we started touring the states a bit more. Things changed, uh, you know. Buck back at Moon, he helped us out a lot back in the day. Yeah, I was gonna uh, ask about that. Yeah, and then when Life of the Party came out, that was '99. That's four years, five years into the band, things changed up here. That album did really well. Um, you know, if it came out, like we sold a lot of records back then. I mean, it was easy, and now it's like yeah. really hard to a thousand. You know, like we did great. Um, there's a lot of attention for ska music in Canada, and they were looking for a band to, to represent, you know, the Canadian scene internationally. So it, we were timing was pretty good. It was really exciting. We took things very seriously at times, a little too seriously. Like we'd be, you know, after a late night show, if someone played badly, there'd be words, and then you know, someone would put someone. It's like what? <laughs> this is ska, dumb band, yeah, party, free beer. You know, you you pull back a bit, you look at things, and you kind of like. Like around 2001, we started going, okay, let's just have fun with this and see where it goes. And that really changed. That really helped. Mighty came out. We started touring with Big D and Catch and uh, Mustard Plug. Did the Scott's Dead tours. Got on the Acrobats tour. Did some Suicide Machines. Did tons of Warp tour. That was a really busy time from, I'd say, about 2002 until 2007. We were on the road all the time. Just, and that's funny because that was kind of like the downtime for Ska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we kind of got in there right when things were dying. <laughs> But in a way, it kind of helped us because, you know, things people were sort of looking for something a little different, a little fresh, and like, they kind of that worked for us. And like I said, Canada was out of that group. Japan was just starting to happen. We got right up time for that. And Europe was, we had already established Europe for us, so we were, we were going pretty good there. Yeah, it seems like Japan and like Europe definitely kept the scene alive, like the, yeah. the Scott music alive, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, going back to like the early days, like, how do you guys promote shows like just putting flyers all over the place and like trying to go on radio shows or something like that yeah like terrestrial radio we never used the word terrestrial radio back then it was huge you know everything was radio oh my god we're doing the local college radio stations can be broadcast to like over 500 people what you know like um handbills we used to glue we used to cut things out of magazines to make our show posters i mean like that's what you did you know And, and you glue it on and Oh man, making album artwork, you were taking pictures of stuff. It was like on like acetate and stuff. It was really yeah. for time. I, that, uh, I liked, I mean, that's that's definitely, I'm an artist, so I'm like, def- for that punk cutting out flyer kind yeah. of mentality, that's like I still design that way, but now I just do it in Photoshop, but not having to cut <laughs> and paste. Um, did you guys do like all your own shirts and all that, like print out, or did you have that sent out? Yeah, we, we're a bit of both. Like we do, it's a combination. Like we have one of our, whatever, help out guys, like a designer outside. He's in another band. So it's kind of like, oh, wow, we like your merch. Can you do some for us type thing, you know? Yeah. And we kind of try to mix it up. The other guy that did most of the artwork for Too Much Information, his name is Rupert Bottenberg. He works for something in Montreal called En Masse, which is a really cool street sort of uh, painting. I mean, they do tons of stuff like art installation, independent art, art installation. Really cool if you check up En Masse, man, that. It's really you'd be like that's dope so that's why we worked with him he did way back when he was just starting out he did our second record attack of the smashers and uh he built like a little spaceship <laughs> he yeah i remember stuff. the artwork yeah 
that was a long time ago. But the new one is all him, and he came up with most of those ideas. Um, you know, we kind of just wound him up and let him go, and put it through the hoop. Oh, so he did the same artwork as Attack as the new one? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I like the I like- new artwork, yeah. Um, so, I mean, going back to you, t- 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 from your perspective, like, how did the Canadian ska scene develop? Because, like, well, like, who was, like, I, their first ones? Was it Chris Murray and, and King Apparatus, pretty much? King Apparatus. And it was a King Apparatus was early 90s. Yeah. And they were a big thing in Toronto. Toronto was way ahead of the rest of, you know, like, they had their little ska boom in early 90s. So, you know, we're talking like 91, 92 before, yeah. you know, Fat Records even existed before, you know, you know, Moon, I think, might have started by then. I don't think they did. Yeah, I don't remember. But uh, that song from Chris Murray's album, The King Apparat, the first one, Made for TV, it was on all the major commercial radio stations. Oh. Uh, in Canada, uh, right? Was, yeah, the, so I, I think the thing went gold in Canada. In Canada. Yeah. In Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, it didn't get into Quebec so much because it was Anglophone. But wow. here we had a band called Me, Mom, and Morgenthaler. Morgenthaler, Dr. Henry Morgenthaler was an anti, uh, well, he was he was against abortion. Sorry, he was a pro-abortion doctor. He would illegally oh, uh, okay. give people abortions um, if they needed them back in the day. And that was that was a pretty big thing back then. So they, they, they went on that pl- uh, play and uh, they, they were pretty politically involved in the scene. They got, you know, pretty big. One guy joined uh, the Kingpins from Montreal. They still play music a lot. Good guys. Yeah. Uh, so we had bands like that, and then they that kind of spurred, uh, you know, respond um, what I would call the the, the ska rising <laughs> in Canada, the ska rising, um, which was when Smashers and Kingpins and about thirty other ska bands just popped up across the country, primarily because of 1995. You know, we had uh, that's when Out Come the Wolves came out, right. and the scene kind of changed, you know, Offspring's going really big and uh, Boston's are starting to, to cook, you know, the, the things are starting to happen there. And then the uh, California ska wave kind of just swept across and these bands all of a sudden had a chance to play. You could use the term ska tour and the venues would be packed. They don't know who the, you know, who the fuck these people yeah. are, what these are and you would be fine. We found, we did a, Stomp Records started with a compilation, like many labels did back then. It's called the Alls Canadian Club. Right, I remember and I, that, yeah. I thought at first it was going to be a seven-inch. I thought, there's probably four bands in, in Canada playing Sky. I bet there's four. And I remember, this is before your internet, so you were, I was just like, hey, old buddy from high school who lives in Vancouver, do you know if there's any Sky bands in your town? If there are, can you go to a show and hand them, tell them to, to, uh, you know, to phone me? And that's how it started, and all of a sudden we had, you know, I think there were 16 ska bands, and I think there's 16 tracks on that thing. I didn't play. <laughs> no quality control. Just put them well, all on. Yeah, that's, that's kind of hard. We <laughs> have. I, I I wouldn't want to be in that position. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I got to be honest. That's that's probably the biggest reason why the ska boom came and and went so fast is because there was no quality control. Everyone was just oh, yeah. pumping ska. It didn't matter what it was. Moon was putting out so many different albums. Yeah, it was like you know, those, those Moon and then Ska Satellite, and then yep. I mean, you guys were you officially on Moon, or and or was it a joint kind of thing of you and Stomp, or? Yeah, what happened is Moon got our pressing rights and uh, and distribution rights in in America. They okay. just took it all over, and they just started releasing everything um, we put out. I guess that's probably how I great. found out about you guys. I guess, or it was either yeah. it was either that, or it was a compilation of like Scanner Key Two or something like oh, that. Yeah. Scannerkey, what was that guy's name? Oh. Um, and, uh, Elevator Music. Elevator Music, the new London, uh, what was the club called? I can't remember. He did all of his shows there. Was it LNG, LNG or? LNG. Yeah. I think it's LNG, yeah. yeah wow. I, was, I think it was P in the Elevator, I think, was on that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it got me to like you guys. That <laughs> song haunts us ever since. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we'll play it. But when we have to do a live, like, we have to play it almost every night. And we're always like, okay, here we go. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's, like, at least one one or two f- songs that every band just doesn't want to play. I'm sure, like, so. it was like, Emory 330, like, have stuff's kind of, like, a little oh, bit outdated. And, oh, yeah, and I get Sergeant Skagnani, Necromance, and like... <laughs> I mean... I don't know. If I wrote Mr. Smiley, I'd want to play it every night, though. <laughs> That's my favorite time of their set because Dave's always yep. bringing out the knife, so I'm just taking yep. pictures of it, so it's great. And he's I always, like, spitting on water. 
Um, <laughs> but going back about for Stomp Records, I'm like, so did you? So after, so you did you start it to like just release your own stuff pretty much then, or or it was it was through the compilation slash your own stuff? We tried to get signed to the same label that put out King Apparatus back in the day. We we're like, okay. oh man, it's uh, it was called Raw Energy from Toronto, and we thought they'd totally dig our super crappy cassette that we made and surprisingly they did not <laughs> we did not know what we were doing we were so bad um uh so then we're like fine we'll put it ourselves we'll figure this out and luckily the kingpins in montreal were doing the exact same thing they're like well how are we putting out our stuff so that's just that's just how it happened you know there was two bands trying to do the same thing and we became friends in the scene although we were very very competitive against with each other <laughs> It just sort of uh, came came out of that sort of cesspool of mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you guys are doing all right. I mean, when I think of Canadian Sky, I think of Planet Smashers. But maybe yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. Or, but we we well, I think everyone does. I mean, I'm, you know, now I'm like, yes, we're the the best known <laughs> best known Canadian Sky band. Um, I keep forgetting and, Chris Murray though. He's like he's oh, he lives like in California all over the place. So I forget, forget that he's Canadian. <laughs> he pretends he's not. No, I'm kidding. I have no <laughs> idea. If he, we're actually playing with him this weekend. It'll be the first time in wow. years wow. since I've played with him. So it'll be great. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, but sorry, but yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I I like the, our band. You know, we always try to have fun, and we never try to take ourselves too seriously because that's when. You start leading to, I find, you know, you'll, you'll just start feeling like uh, hard done by and, you know, where's, where's my big piece of pie and stuff like that. You know, yeah. you get what you get. And make it work. If you get lucky, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's ska music. It's, you're not in it for the bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so, so going about Stomp Records, so you... Did you just start doing it full time or like how did yeah. that get into? I mean, I was in school studying engineering. I got one degree and then I wanted to not get a job. So I did a master's to it so I could do stomp at the same time. And then I got that degree and I was like, okay, I don't want to get a job yet. So I'm going to do a PhD. I was two years into a PhD when uh, things started working with life of the party in 1999. I was like, okay, I'm out. So I, I quit that and, uh, and stomp was a hobby that, well, it was became a job that was supposed to be a hobby. I still feel like it's a hobby. I occasionally try to write a CV thinking I'm going to get a real job, but luckily I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got experience, you know, handling some employees and bands and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure you can get a job if you wanted to. <laughs> Probably somewhere, you know. <laughs> Someone will take Tele right. Telemarketer? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I could sell that. <laughs> um. So how did Stomp Records survive the era of like illegal downloading and things okay. like that? We had like right in 98. Okay. So you had Offspring and Rancid getting super huge in 95, 96. Yeah. There was a company in Canada called Cargo Records. They had the rights to these records and they thought the rest of independent music was going to be like this forever. So they just started spending super big amounts of money and it didn't happen. That, that little pop in independence kind of fizzled out um, and they went belly up. And that's when we got Mike McGee. He was walking down the street. His first day at the job, he skateboarded to work. He wiped out, <laughs> came in bleeding. And then about 15 minutes later, this crazy Ted came in and beat the shit out of my partner at the time because he believed that my partner stole his uh, gang's slogan and put it on a kingpin shirt. It was something like, all together for one. I'm like, that can't be. <laughs> <You hit me." laughs> And uh, we had a brand new computer. We just got it that day. It was a Mac. And all I remember was jumping on this guy's back, trying to pull him off. Jordan at the time, screaming, don't hit the computer. Don't hit the computer. And Mike McGee's like, what the fuck is this? That's his first day. Anyway, after that, things calmed down. And uh, I would hope. And Mike, Mike was really smart. He, he saw what happened with Cargo. And we saw what happened with Moon. And that was just before High Speed kicked in. And he was ahead of the curve. He got us going with digital distribution from the very beginning. Um, we just shortened all of our orders. We stopped focusing on the genre and started pushing bands, yeah. which is something Brett from Moon told us to do. And we, I don't know if he knows it, but we listened to him yeah. at the time. Um, 
And uh, we started working with different kinds of like stomp records, kept on focusing on ska and reggae and all its hyphenations. And we started a couple other labels at the same time. We started a punk label. We started an oi label. We started a, a mod label. Some didn't work. So, I mean, was it so was that like the birth of Union Label Group or was that Union that was kind of took you guys over or something or how did that work? Uh, we started Union Label Group. We pretended it was this merger between a local punk rock label called 2112 Records. But really, okay. the guy was just like, I don't want to run this anymore. Do you want it? Okay. And it had great bands on it, including a band called Reset that went on to become Simple Plant. Ah. So uh, um, interesting enough. And uh, had some other good bands. So we started signing other bands to Union, like Belvedere was on Union. I don't know if you know heard of them. Yep. They, they skate punk, really good skate punk band. Flatliners were sort of on both. Yeah, they're huge now. Yeah. Cause, oh yeah. Because what they're on? Um, well, they were on Fat, and then now yeah, they're on they somewhere else. Rise, I think. I can't yeah, remember. one of those. But uh, I don't know what they're doing now. Um, and other, you know, bands that Bedouin Soundclash was on Stomp. Uh, then we gave to Side One Dummy. Oops. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how that happened. Um, you know, so we've had some, like what I guess what I say, we, we did some different things back then. The idea was we saw what, what fat did and we saw what moon did and they were branding music through the record label and they were effectively people just go buy music from that label without even knowing anything about it. So we're like, well, let's try that. And we tried it for a while and then we're kind of like, well, this is kind of stupid. Everyone could just check you can stream it now. You know, what's the point? Let's just put it all in the stomps. So and now we're back in one. Little happy stomp family. We got okay. punk. We got Scott. We got rockabilly. We got a little bit of pop and a little bit of everything. Yeah, like the like the brains. Yeah, great yeah, band. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what are what so what are some other like recent releases that just came out? I think K Man in the forty fives. I think that's a K Man came out just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And we don't have that much Scott on the label anymore. So K Man's one of them. We got yeah. them. But we got Smashers. Earlier on, nothing. We had Gutter Demons in the fall of last year. It's a psychobilly band. We did recently, last year, I think we did, oh boy, about eight albums, um, of which I think one was Scott with Joystick coming out from New Orleans. Um, it's a cool little skate. Oh, Scott. Yeah, Joystick, yeah, right. Okay. I've heard yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, got to get some Celtic punk or something like this. That's all the rage well, these days. We got Real McKenzie's up here. Oh, right, we right. Well, um and uh we also have a working with a young band called the peelers i don't know where that's I, going we'll see yeah. and uh we got uh quite a bit of we got quite a bit of rockabilly still we got creep show up here we manage them as well um brains uh raygun cowboys outstanding band with horns they're really fun uh from edmonton and we got a bunch of the, the you know some coolie cool bands <laughs> like uh the real sickies we just signed them today um cool breaking, uh, breaking news he'll <laughs> stick signed a stomp leather jacket punk rock they're good isotopes um got the dreadnoughts who's sort of a celtic i like that pope. yeah the first uh, album those polk, i like the polkiness of it i liked like those songs man those guys could have been huge well they are huge in europe and in canada they still do very well but they could have west coast right what like vancouver uh, or something okay they could have done so well in america but they just when they got to the point where it's like do we continue as a serious band or go do our careers? They decided to go do their careers. So, yeah, what can, yeah. What can you do? <laughs> but they're going to work on a new record, and they're still touring. They're still playing. They're playing more and more, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think they just released one a year or two ago. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's well, it's not on your label though, right? No, they did it on their own. We we still work with them. We're still their booking agent for Canada. Okay, and we still have the old records. And we're in talks for the next two, but we'll see if we, cool. we were in talks for the last one as well, but they decided not to go with us. So we're trying to get the next two. Um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Like, knock on wood, but we'll see. If you, if you do the albums, tell them to push the polka angle. Cause there's not really like polka punk bands. Like there's not many, yeah, there's I know. not many, but you know, I can't really tell Nick to do anything. He's a free <laughs> spirit and that's part of the, the awesomeness of that band. Yeah. There you go. Switching back to not polka, um, oh, yeah. so I'm like, how did you get into ska and like punk music? Like, was it someone that you knew, like family member? Yes, was, yeah. My older brother went to uh, Liverpool in uh, wow, probably like '79. He's a bit older. He went as a prep. He was like a preppy kid with like polo shirts with the collar up type thing. 
came back a mod. Actually, came back a two tone, a, a rude boy. Okay. You know, rude boy mixed with a bit of mod, and his both front teeth knocked out. Oh. <laughs> it was a two week exchange. He was a great nine. It went what? that well. <laughs> hey, with the shaved head, uh, not a skinhead, but like short, like mod cut. Um, and he took my ELO record, which I had at the time because I was into ELO. Don't bring me down. Woohoo! That one. I don't yeah. remember that. It's pretty vague. I don't remember that for that. And he put a firecracker in it, and it was vinyl. And he lit it, and he threw it up, and it blew up, and I cried. <laughs> and he said, listen to this. And it would just happen to be uh, One Step Beyond by uh, Madness. Nice. And for that, I was uh, I was a slave to Sky, <laughs> which is good. I love it. So what was like? What was your first like live ska experience? Because that was what changed me was seeing like Let's Go Bowling and it was Chris Murray actually. It was what the the first ska show that I saw in '96. The one that really hit me hard, believe it or not, was the Let's Go Bowling King Apparatus tour. I'm okay. not kidding. Wow, it came through town yeah. and I think it was '93 or four. Okay, and they played a little crappy bar in Montreal. I think it's called the Terminal. It maybe fit 150 people. It was pretty full. And I remember Chris Murray had to get up. The place was going crazy. And this this one semi-neo-Nazi, I guess, was being a dick and uh, doing some Heil Hitlers or something. And uh, Chris Murray jumped up in the chair and had the microphone ready to whack like, the stand. He was like, if you you got to get out. I'm going to – you got to leave or you're going. And then the Let's Go Bowling guys found out. And they were, like, coming in on the guy. <laughs> I'm in the back going, huh. <laughs> I like <it. laughs> yeah, I'm sick, you know? and uh that's when we uh kind of formed the band at that show it was that was oh, the wow. day when we should make a band this is way more fun than playing garage rock no disrespect to garage rock but <laughs> it was much more fun <laughs> so yeah. it's get to be peppy and happy and yeah sing about yeah. beer and hockey and you know there it is beer <laughs> hockey beer hockey beer huh Hockey, play, <laughs> hockey playoffs. Oh, are you watching them? Oh, oh all the Canadian teams slaughtered. Um, I hate the Boston Bruins. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan with them. I'm not a fan either. I, I'm, I'm like rooting for like Dallas because the Rangers have like investment. Yep. If they, you know, picks and things like that, they actually the hockey gods finally, you know, Shut gave them a second second round pick, which they've never had ever. So I'm like, oh, finally wow. gonna get someone good. I like Canadians. You're a Canadians fan, right? So it's probably. I like the Canadians. I like the Leafs, believe it or not. There are a lot of Montreal people who do not understand how that's possible, but yeah. I like them. I mean, I rooted uh, for the Habs back in when Denny, Denny Savard and when they won the cup, I was kind of rooting for them then. I have to, I, I think I still have a Canadians jersey, actually. But Right on. Yeah. Uh, the, the team's going to be exciting. They're young. Uh, they're just, they've got a problem, though. They, they have all these good young prospects. But they don't have a star. And if one of them can become one, then they're going to be a good team. But normally that doesn't happen. There's not so many of that. You know, normally it's not going to happen. But we'll see. They can't trade for a, a first-line center. It's not going to happen. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'll talk hockey. You know, it's fine. Yeah, I can get in there. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned Nazi skinheads. Uh, I was going to ask, like, how, did you have troubles early on with shows? Like, was it an issue up in Canada as much as it was down here? It was bad. I mean, like from, I'd say the first four years, there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, back then too, I was younger. I was more in the bars and stuff. And there, there would be many times you'd just be hanging out with the rude boys, um, <laughs> the, the faux rude boys, and uh, uh, the new Nazis would come running into the bar and start swinging axes—not axes, but like hammers and stuff. Oh shit! And it was really violent. There was a lot of times when people got hurt. I remember. There was one time, it was actually Rupert, the guy that did the new artwork with okay. Twin and I, we're at the bar and we're talking to a couple girls and it's sort of this tight little area where, where the bar kind of, there's a, there's a wall right behind us. So it's the bar stools and the bathrooms behind us and the brawl starts out. It's just another brawl. This is great. Another big brawl happening up front. Um, and this fight's going on and they're kind of like ending right at Rupert and Rupert started bouncing up and he's holding his beer over to the counter trying to like talk to the two girls that were trying to impress has this bars, this massive bar brawls going on. I'm like, really, guys? We're trying to, you know. <laughs> they left the girls. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I guess they didn't want to get hit with beer bottles and whatever yeah. else they're swinging around. Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you noticed like 
it's it's when did when did you notice like the change in like violence from shows? Because it seemed like just when I started yeah. going to shows, there was like brawls outside with skinheads and other people, and then it kind of gradually just stopped. I mean, um, for us, ninety nine things just stopped. Yeah, it just went away. Um, they I don't know what happened. That we had anti racist action was a really big movement up here. Yeah, um, I'm so surprised they haven't really kind of resurged from all the shit that's been going on lately. But it, it'd be nice. But I mean, it was a different time, you know. Like the neo Nazis, they lived in little pockets here and there, and you could find out where they lived pretty easily. And yeah, they just want to be hassled like that, you know. And they didn't have the reach that they have now. They couldn't reach other neo Nazis effectively, and now yeah. that's pretty easy to do. And so. Basically, just we beat him out of town. <laughs> that's yeah, what happened. That's the way to do it. <laughs> I got jumped once, only once by four guys. I was wearing an ARA shirt, and uh, I was at like a, I was getting poutine in 1996. <laughs> I walked out, and there was snow everywhere, and I had those big army parade boots on. There's no traction on, no no treads. Yeah, and all our was like I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't like stay up because they were just like I was all over the ice. My feet were going all over the place. As these two guys were grabbing me, and then the third big guy came in. And I remember going down and thinking, like, well, it's not, it doesn't hurt as much as I thought it would as they're kicking me right in the head. Oh. <laughs> a rough night. It actually messed me up for a little while. But, you know, if it wasn't for that ambulance, an ambulance and a taxi came flying in and kind of broke it up for me. So it would have been worse for me. Oh. Um, switching gears. Um, <laughs> um so one of the times I saw you was at the New England Ska Fest in nineteen ninety eight. Do you do you have any memories? It was twenty one years ago, so it's kind of hard. I mean, that, that was kind of our introduction to being involved with Moon. I was really kind of okay. like, we're sort of like, whoa, America, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and I remember like, this is crazy. This is this is insane. We're doing this, <laughs> you know. Um, and we hadn't played many outdoor shows. By then, I think uh, Warped was in its, I don't know, maybe... Th- it was like the second maybe, or third year, yeah. Second third year, yeah. We played one of those up in Canada. So this is kind of like our second outdoor festival show ever. Independent music was really heating up. I mean, people were really into it. You know, it's yeah. not... Majors still controlled everything, and all of a sudden there's these little cracks forming as, as the independents kind of just decided to go a different way. People were into it, so it was great. I love that. Yeah, exactly. I remember. I remember Slave. getting there, and then Bad Manners were supposed to play, and then Hefcat and the headlining instead. Yeah, I remember Hefcat. I think Mephiscopheles played. Meph. I think. Yeah. Scavuvi. Well, Scavuvi. Yeah. Uh, Dropkick Murphys did. No way. Yeah. They were on that. Yeah, because I have pictures of it. <laughs> so it's. Holy cow! That was with uh yeah Oops. Al was Al was head uh with singing and yeah it was most of the. It was right after, yeah. It was like I, it might have been the first time I when Alf was play, uh, played. It was like a different lineup, but yeah. They, and they played very early on because it's like them and uh, what's the rockabilly band that the Boston's always played with? Oh, all the Amazing Crowns. Yeah, the Amazing Crowns from them too. Holy cow, that's a while ago. Yeah, and I have all these photos. So it's like it's a good thing I did that all these years to <laughs> take pictures of shows uh, for for my memory. Um, yeah, I, I, Mike, actually, we're, I'm in the uh, stock warehouse, what do you want to call it, room here at Stomp, okay. which is being redone because CDs are much smaller than vinyl, and we have a lot of vinyl now, so we got to put all these new shelves in. But uh, in this process, Mike dug up a massive box of photos from like the late 90s era, and okay. I haven't gone through it yet, but I bet there's some gems in there. It's probably one of me hanging out watching the Boston's or something, you know, like in 95. Hey, just start po- posting it on your uh, Instagram and stuff for Planet Spoilers. Yeah. I mean, that's... We kind of talked about something. People eat that shit up. <laughs> shut up. No, right on. <laughs> um, you guys just released a new music video uh, for Can't Stop. Did you have, do you have another one coming out soon? That was like It's just... coming out on Friday. Oh, okay. Too much information comes out on Friday, and then nice. we have a third one for break your neck or break my neck, not your neck. Sorry, break my neck. <laughs> um, uh, then we're gonna have a fourth for which break my neck's already been shot. It's being edited now, and then we're doing a fourth, a super cheap one for brain freeze, which is about getting a brain freeze. I think we're gonna be situate this one at an ice cream store. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works. 
Every, yeah. Everyone can relate to it. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, but I mean, the one the one video that I like was Hippopotamus. Cause it was, yeah. <laughs> I did so many animated gifs for that one, just some you dancing and other people just dancing. It was just so goofy and silly. Uh, that's, that's our drummer that did that. He made that one. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so him. I'm like, it's like we're on an acid trip. He's like, yep, that's me. <laughs> And then tear it up was a good one too. You guys were doing like the roller derby stuff. Yeah, that was that was more Dave, our bass player. He's got this nerd sense of humor where he just says, "He's like, you're wearing, we're gonna wear tight little red shorts and big red socks <laughs> and be on roller skates." He fell at that video shoot. He was eating a piece of pizza and having a Pepsi. It's like going like this, and he's like eating at the same time on his roller skates. He fell straight back. He had a horrible back back Ooh. then. I remember hitting flat hard. I was like. Oh man, the video's done. He's like, "Oh my god, I feel great." <laughs> didn't like hurt him. His head was okay, and somehow it cracked something in his back that released something, and he was he wow. was great after that. I have bad bad back problems. I should do that. <laughs> Just Pepsi, pizza, fall backwards really hard. Have a helmet on. You'll be fine. Yeah. Don't do. Don't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, do you think music videos are like easier to do now than they were back then? Oh yeah, it's so much cheaper. So is recording. I mean, like, and uh, and the the need to have high end quality production isn't really there anymore. I mean, you're not competing against twenty videos for or whatever two hundred videos for four slots on the yeah. the local music network video network. You know, you're not that competition's over now. It's your video is going to get viewed. How many really depends on how much you're going to give to Google. You know, that really what it comes down to. What was um, the what was the music uh, station in Canada? Was it Much Music? Yep, we had okay. Much Music in Quebec. We had Music Plus, <laughs> and Music Plus they broke. Uh, what the hell? In sync, they broke in sync up here. Oh, okay. They were like the reason why, not the reason, but they broke in sync. They were huge up here before they got big in America. That's uh, what happened to Much Music. Did they like? I feel like MTV or M- like Madison Square Garden or somebody bought their bought them or yeah, something. something happened mtv canada opened and then that was the first one actually to kind of falter and just become reruns of uh weird tv shows and then much music kind of did the same thing and by then you know it's just a matter of time i mean like youtube's been going on for a few years already yeah no one's watching the shows no one cares everyone can see it on youtube on demand so it kind of makes sense yeah, it's 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 just, it's sad because it used to like tape. Like, it, it, used to, it used to be 120 minutes on MTV with Matt Pinfield, yep. and then so that would record VCR and then stay up or stay up till one o'clock to watch it. You know, all and like the Sky wait. videos and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, because yeah, it's like oh, premiering this episode right now on YouTube. It's like okay, okay. <laughs> it's the same thing, you know. Record shopping is not the same as it used to be. Um, I, yeah. I remember going to the, the video networks. And it would be so exciting. It'd be like, oh my gosh, we're in the same hallway as that VJ is, or whatever, you know, like, holy crap, what's happening? I can go use the toilet. <laughs> like, yeah. Just being so excited about those types of things. Uh, those those are gone now. So things are just different. There's They're better in a lot of ways. Um, and with, I guess you could say, the uh, arrival of and the acceptance of streaming. Um, legal streaming. Yeah, no one wants to download. No one wants to rip stuff for free anymore. It's a pain in the ass to have that on your phone or when your computer, you know, or just clogging everything up. I got, um, like the, I got like the two fifty six gig or whatever iPhone because yeah. I still want it, and but I still have Spotify too. Yeah. So it's yeah, I got a bunch on there. But I mean, now you know, with oh, so many of those, I mean, without music, you can just download it to your phone. It's there if you want it. Yeah. Um, uh, the need to. Like someone now. Anyway, long story short, I think back in the day it was probably like one out of nineteen out of twenty people were stealing music, and now it's probably nineteen out of twenty are streaming it legally. So I mean, we'll see if it uprights the sinking ship of music. Yeah. Um, it has already. I think. I think you know we the death of. I think. I think the death of downloading is going to slightly beat the actual death of digital of CD. Sorry, the CD is going to last. Just a little bit longer, because we still got them in all those cars, man. My, <laughs> all them I, I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think some some of the newer cars don't really have CD players. It's like they have the USB. So some people are releasing the USB drives, I guess now instead. But yeah, I mean, okay, I got 
a Toyota minivan for the family. Yeah. I got the <laughs> Honda CD CRV player. for my family. Yeah. <laughs> and it still has a CD player in it. I don't think it's been used yet. Maybe it's broken. Maybe it's nothing there. Maybe it's just a fake little hole. Or nothing. It's really just for storing a CD. Um, well, actually, no, I do have a CD player, but I, I use it as a, I use a data CD. So, so when I don't have my phone with me, I'll just like have like a bunch yeah. of MP3s on it instead, but it still works. I'm out. always like, I gotta, I gotta like get a bunch of CDs out of the, the box in the basement and put them in the car and I never do it, but yeah. Oh, work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about some of the songs that you've done over the years. Um, Wish I Were American. Do you still feel that way? <laughs> <laughs> we never really did. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a combination of, 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 of satirical. Uh, I figured as much. But... Um, there's something about going to America for people from up here. There's, it's great. You know, beers. Back then, it was like twenty-five cents for beer. Uh, you know, like, and 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 the highways are smooth, and and uh, you know, gas is cheap, and <clears throat> there was that. But you know, we always knew there was a lot of other problems happening in America, and the and roads aren't just, smooth anymore. <laughs> yeah, now it's out of control, um, and we're seeing it happening up here now. Uh, Alberta's getting a little weird. Ontario's gone nuts. They're firing all the teachers. Okay. Uh, and, their, and their newest budget, I think the the, the words cheap beer and uh, <laughs> something else out was like something like 27 times in the new budget they mentioned cheap, affordable beer and uh, they only mentioned child poverty zero times. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> so, yeah. there's been a shift. The, the, uh, the shift to the where's my where's my cut? You know, what am I getting? That sort of thing is really dominating the political uh, landscape. And it's it's people are allowed to hate. People are allowed to be grumpy. Maybe not hate, but some do. But you know what I mean? You got politicians uh, down here that are above the law. So, you know. It's... Yeah. Well, that's one thing. That's, that's, that, I don't get that at all. Always look <laughs> on the bright side of life. <laughs> slippery. That guy's a slippery guy. <laughs> Every day I'm like, okay, this is it. We got him, right? We got him. <laughs> yep, but I mean, you know, we wrote we wrote some songs that are on uh, Mighty that were all about George Bush, and or I can't remember how. I mean, that's two thousand three, so yeah. I'd be, and back then, I do. thought he was the worst. Ha ha. Yeah, we thought he was the absolute worst. We thought he was the demon, and now I'm like, oh man. <laughs> oh, he paints little pictures now. Always. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like we have him back, but uh, no, because yeah. we, we might be in a war. I don't know, but yep. Um, all right, so let's, I'll talk about let's, let's talk about a few more other songs. We already covered P in the Elevator. I wanted to talk about that one because I was, sure. but we already talked about that. Yeah. I liked my Inception. Uh, I always liked, yeah, the keyboards in that was just awesome. So I was, I don't know. We were we were going for the John Cusack, uh, gross point blank kind of uh, sentiment, you know, say anything, sort of like uh, <laughs> like something that would be in one of those movies. Not, but <laughs> hey, John Cusack's a ska fan, so you know. Yeah. That was that was inspired by his his career and and uh, and then also just me being in a basement and pining for this woman that became my wife that I didn't think I had a chance for, but I, she's my wife now. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> that song was good. <laughs> so. Nice. Um, do you think looking back, many people will be from your? Do you think? Looking back many years from now, people will remember you guys for Super Orgy Porno Party the best, or for the, the most like it, the most popular song that you guys have done. In Canada, yes. <laughs> in America, I don't know. In America, it's weird. Like you look at Spotify and Unstoppable, a song that we don't play is our biggest song really? by far. No. And so we're like, we actually learned how to play it. We're going to play it for the first time in years. Um, we're like, we probably should play it. I mean, it's not that bad. So <laughs> we're gonna play that song, um, and yeah, that one's that. That's yeah, that, we're doing that. Um, but yeah, Orgy and uh, Surfing in Tofino, those two in Canada are our biggest songs up here. Hmm. Um, Blind is right behind it. That's from the next record, and that's one of my favorite songs we ever wrote. I like Change. Um, that's another good one from Attack, was, right? Yeah. That yeah, was, that was a good one for us. I like that and then one. Reco Recollect was always one that put me in a good mood. Like, I don't know. It's like maybe this is the way you sang it. And then like, and then just. That's like, that was, it was a nice little tune. That was a song about 
going through an old photo box. That's really what it was. You pulled out the box. You're oh, like, no wonder oh. why I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all these memories. And, anyway. um, explosive. Um, so, did, so you got to work with Neville. So that was kind of cool. That was amazing. I mean, like, uh, we didn't meet him in studio. He 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 did the video with us, which is such a bad video. And I think it cost. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. Forty thousand dollars <laughs> for this horrible video. I mean, that's like, a lot for. A... <laughs> we had a grant. The government was like, "You guys are gonna break it. You're gonna be big." They were wrong. Well, we were we did okay up here. I mean, we were we were big Canadian, but we were we, we you know whatever. Um. They gave us a grant. So, like, yeah, sure, we'll spend that money. And uh, we flew him in. We, first thing he wanted was smoke. We were so stoned that whole time. Um, but uh, working with him was really cool. It was a fantastic moment in our career, I think. For me, being a, you know, a big fan of the specials when I was growing up and thinking I would never play with them, that changed, of course, because they started playing again. Yeah. Um, it was super cool. I was really into it. The song was a bit of a swing and a miss for me it was we were going we were going for something a little more aggressive and it's close but uh yeah you know you look back at some songs that we like that i personally feel yeah were didn't quite meet the mark that we wanted I whereas know. i was mentioning a song like blind is a song where i didn't expect anything from it and it it's probably my favorite song we've ever written now or so. p in the elevator <laughs> well there's another one that one has I remember I was like, hey, can I say piss in the elevator? Because, you know, it's a little tougher. <laughs> I'm like, no, nope, it's going to be pee. How about you're in the elevator? You're going to yell. Oh, <laughs> it's happening next show. <laughs> do it. Do it. Um, oh, I can't wait. You have some like, you have the, oh, oh about the explosive um music video the keyboard player in it was just so hamming it up like dancing and it was like so over the top though it was it was funny he never was in the band never recorded on any song and he's in two music videos he plays keyboards in that one he plays baritone sax in the video that came after that which was quite a bit better was uh for jemta fm um he was in a local ska band called gangster politics okay but they didn't spell it with a z i think they should have it's politics um, but no, they just spells it normally. Um, and uh, they were a thing up here for for a little bit. And uh, at the time, our saxophone player was like, oh, you guys got scabies, you're gross. Um, we got scabies in some bar and grossed him out, so he quit. Uh, and uh, we were like, oh, man, that video, we need someone. Dave Bulger at the time was like, I'll do it. He also filled in on a couple front cover there was newspapers back then. Front cover like of newspapers. This guy was never in the band, <laughs> so yeah, he was having fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that was always the highlight of it. Of just seeing seeing him do that. There's like, dolphins in that one, man. Yeah. Have you guys ever done any remastering of your albums? Um, I believe a couple of them got remastered for vinyl. So much, right? We've never oh. remastered in the uh, the first one. Uh, what's the point? I mean, like. <laughs> You know, some some I could say for some, it would probably help these days to rush them up and get them up to like the digital format um, levels. And you know, there's so many differences now with vinyl and CD and digital downloading and streaming. Everything's different. You need four masters now. And back in the day, we just needed one. Do you think? Do you think greatest hits albums are kind of like a thing of the past now with like Spotify and things like that? It's kind of like a, a grab. From the record label, yeah. the evil record label, you know, a grab. Like they basically just compile a bunch of songs that are already out and it's been remastered, but really just limited it. <laughs> I mean, one I way mean, of one way of working around it is you can redo the songs and then like the the ones that you'd like to do, and then do it that way. And that, you know, we we yeah. talked about doing something like that we have the for our 25th anniversary this year. It's also the 20th anniversary of of Life the Party album, which was our biggest record up here. So we're going to end of the year for that, and we don't have the artwork for it anymore. Um, like we can't recreate that on. We just want to put it on vinyl. It's never done on vinyl, so we're going to have to sort of do something there. And there was talks about well, maybe we should redo a couple songs or, and throw them on as like bonus tracks. It might happen. Cool. We'll see. Okay, I wanted to ask you. I'm like, were you in? Were you asked to be in the Pick It Up Scone the '90s documentary at all? We were, but I was lazy and I didn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like, let's set up an interview. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I forgot. And then he was like, are we doing this? I was like, yeah, we're doing this. And then I, I, it's not his fault. It's my fault. Okay. Because I was going to say, that was the one thing I think was missing was this Canadian presence. <laughs> I, I messed it up. My uh, fault. Was, Let everybody know. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. I, I, he I tried. Watched, yeah. It's a really good movie. Really. Yeah. It's too bad. Um, I should have done it. I don't know. I was just distracted. I was probably working for some band on the label or the creep show or something. They needed documents sent to the government. I don't know. Something lame. Something horrible. I had to fill in some tax forms. Um, <laughs> and I didn't do it. But, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean, do you, go on, do you go on tour with other bands or do you, like, manage them or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't necessarily go on the road anymore with the when they first started out. I I, I do. I mean, we managed uh, we still manage Creep Show. It's been almost a decade. Uh, Real McKenzie's closing in on a eight year. Um, that's a whirlwind. You know, they they got a lot of personality in that band. Um, I still haven't seen. We it did Walk Off the Earth. You were doing Walk Off the Earth. In the, I don't know if you know them. They had uh, they did a cover of Gautier's somebody that I used to know and over the course of the weekend it went from like not like 5 million views I think now it's somewhere around 300 million maybe a billion I don't know um, and they're they did really well I mean you know we we had them on Ellen we had the you know we met Cy remember Cy Gangnam Style oh okay yes now I do <laughs> yeah so we hung out with him awesome you know Aoki all those big cats were like running around and we, we traveled with them for a while but normally we're when it's with bands like Creepshow and Real McKenzie's, we, they don't need us there. They're they know what they're doing. Live is a problem. It's it's the little, little nitty gritty stuff because they're touring so much. They need someone to take care of their immigration. They need someone yeah. to take care of their their tour schedules and things like that. And it's just assistant. They take pretty much manage the, themselves. Take care of the guest list and don't forget the photographers on the guest list. <laughs> yep, that's it. They'll be like Happens Matt the did it. Screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta, can I please have the tour manager's number so I can call? <laughs> there it is. That's it. that's exactly what it is. Um, and uh, yeah, okay. yeah. So you're gonna be going on tour soon. You're going uh, playing in the states this weekend. You're playing with the uh, yeah, with Planet Smashers. Oh, not uh, Muster Plug and Chris Murray. Not yet. Yeah, you, <laughs> Chris Murray and and the Plug. Yeah. Uh, who we probably played more shows with the Plug. That's probably the band we play the most shows with. Yeah. Um, in the history yeah. of this band. Runner up would be like Big D, and then after that's probably AFI. We did forty shows with AFI in two thousand and one. It was really, really weird. Probably wow. fifty. It was weird. Really, that's um, a weird combo. It was just a, it was a time when you could put punk and and or hardcore. What do you want to call it? emo punk hardcore? I don't know what you would call AFI. I don't even know. Goth what the, yeah, they were a goth punk. Yeah. Um, and they were exploding back then, and they we anyway. Long story short, we toured them a lot, but um, yeah. So it's going hanging out with Mustard Plugs like. It's great. But we just show up and like, yeah, you know, I'll hold with that. You know, you know everyone's names and and it's cool. I'm really glad we're doing it. Um, so we're just doing the three shows in the States and then we do Pusa Fest. We're, all, we're playing with Strung Out and Big D and the Kids Table. Uh, Mike Park's new band, Exposure Station. How do you pronounce uh, it? I don't know. I did it really quick. Did you see how oh, fast I did it? Because, I, you come because I, when I used to play you, music on the, on the podcast, I used to like, I, would, I tried so many different ways of pronouncing. I'm like, Okipo Station? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm going right through it. Yeah. The last gets are a direct hit. Some other cool bands too. Um, then we do that. Then we head across the country, Canada in the country. So our first time out west in five years. We're going with the Command of the 45s. And we're doing about uh, 10, 12 shows together. It would be really fun. I'm excited. So doing festivals in the summer. How do you say it? Pusa? Pusa? You take some poutine. Well, you take a pizza first. You need that. You need the base. And you take a little bit of poutine. You slap it on top. I have and then you got poutine yet. Yeah. You got it. You got, you got pusa. That's It's disgusting. It also is very hard to eat. And probably you're eating it because you're hammered. Yeah, uh, I would imagine. Otherwise, why would you be eating something like that? <laughs> and it goes all over the place. It's not a clean treat. But uh, we we try to make it, and it's just it just captures. You know, we had like cheap pizza up here for you, like ninety nine pizza all over the street. It was terrible pizza. It was like cardboard mm -hmm. with a little bit of cheese. 
but you'd eat it late at night, man. Late at night, they heat it up and you'd be like, ah, it's amazing. And then you have the dough in your tongue. Anyway, um, that's where it came from. Is Hugo from the St. Catharines invented it. Uh, well, he invented the name. Yeah. And the festival kind of like spirit. It came from that DIY spirit. Hugo and his buddy, uh, Ellen, created the festival. And now it's a lot of people involved. We're involved with it too. Okay. Which is, you know, um, a lot of different people are in on it. Uh, so it's a weird festival, 180 bands. So it's like the, it's like fest out in Florida though, right? So it's like a few different venues, I guess. Yep. But we're trying, we're ripping off fest pretty much. I, right. I do, we just basically take it. We, you know, we add some letters and that, that's about, it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I mean it, that it's a spirit of fest. We're trying to do it. We're way smaller than Gainesville fest. So I mean, that thing's okay. huge. Um, but uh, our outdoor shows are free. That's just something that we, it just, kind of you know we have a lot of craft beer um everyone's doing that now we've been doing yeah. it for a little bit too and uh six bands so many bands you've never heard of um it's great i make friends with so many new people and and within a three-day weekend i pay an hour for <laughs> you know, i'm good <laughs> i need to get out there one of these days like my my twin brother always he's he's been to montreal a few times to go see uh like the new york red bulls play on montreal impact you know soccer so it's so maybe i should like try to trek up there one day and go to montreal i've, I've been to toronto but i haven't been to montreal yeah, yeah. way better and this festival's amazing you should and, come up i could probably get you like some kind of press pass i would hope something. so i mean i wouldn't go without one i might one. forget <laughs> Yeah. No, it's like I don't I go to shows if I don't get a press pass now. It's like I don't want to be a normie and sit in the crowd. I'm such a snob too. I'm like unless it's like a a, a young band starting out or it's an all club door deal, I'm like, yeah, fine, you know, and you, you know they're just there's gonna be forty people there, you know, I'm paying. Yeah. But uh the big concerts like you know, the big festivals, I'm like, oh my, I'm going to have to get backstage or I'm not going. <laughs> Such a dick. I want um, brown M&Ms and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite, but you know. Yeah. It's really, you know, I'm fragile now. <laughs> yeah, we're older. It's, I, I used to love Warp Tour because I used to, back then, well, they used to give you, like, you were able to walk backstage. Now you don't do that. Back, well, back yeah. when Warp Tour was still like a full on fledged tour, but but now then like they eventually they stopped doing that. I'm like, oh man, now I gotta go like go from stage to stage, walking through the crowd. It's gonna take me a lot longer to yep. do. But um, <laughs> all right, my last question is, when are you coming to New York? I know you guys have you guys gotta sneak them in somehow. <laughs> well, we're talking about. Well, we have Andy. Andy stopped for Dave, he he just he's great. He's another man. He's played all of our American and Australian shows. Anyway, long story short, we're working on it. Dave okay. from Covert, we're talking. He just sent me an email. Says, when are we doing this? Something with the Pittsburgh Scott Festival. Maybe sneaking oh, on that, that at the last second. Cool. I don't think I don't think we'll be able to get on that, but we're gonna. This talks about it, but we want to get down. We're we're gonna be back in America in the end of the summer for a really big show in Chicago. At least I think it's a really big show. Was it? Punk- It'll be good. It hasn't been announced yet. Oh, was it Riot Fest? That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. We're not going to Riot Fest. Oh, dude, well, that's ah. a surprise. Come on. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I love Riot Fest. I love those guys. Brandon Kelly. What a nice man. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, if if you need help in finding a New York City club, I'm sure someone, you know, I'm, I I know some people at Live Nation, that Gramercy Theater, and like down there, you know. I'm putting on a show in July, my like one of my first shows. I've got Cooley Ranks and all those guys doing like Radix Fest. Really? It's cool. Yeah, so it's like doing p- p- Pilfers, Spring Hill Jack, Mephiscopheles, Subcity Stompers. It's that's like huge. And, it's, and it's on my birthday too, so it's like that's the main reason. And then Cooley took the ball with it and added more bands. So it's like six bands in one night, but it'll be it's gonna be a grand that's, night. That's July what? July nineteenth. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's like a. Wow, it's a great show. Yeah, so I mean, those, so maybe the next show that I come up with, I will try to include you guys into it. Oh, that'd be cool. We'd like to come down. Yeah, but I got to redo our immigration. What I'm saying is, we'll we get our we'll get our immigration done for end of August for that Chicago show, and then hopefully uh, have a bunch of other ones to do. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, cool. hopefully we'll be able to see you guys live soon because it's been a while. It's been. Sorry. 15, 16 years? I don't know. That's terrible. You should come to Pooza. <laughs> when is it? <laughs> it's 
the weekend before Memorial Day weekend for you guys. It's a long weekend up here, so okay. it's uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, free shows. You got Big D Smashers doing one with Strung Out in there, and Bojo Station. The first night free show with Against Me, Bad Cop, pretty big. Um, and then on Sunday, Andrew WK with uh, Sub is supported. So local heroes here, a uh, bunch of other cool bands. Indoors, there's like Sam I Am. Uh, some old bands like Smoker Fire, uh, uh, Smoking Popes are playing. Um, uh, Pears, Nightbirds, all the coolie cool bands. Pears, I, there's so many of them. Like the, those yeah. awesome bands like that. Bad Cop, Warren Women. Uh, I could go on forever. There's so many good bands playing. Tempting. It's tempting. It is such a fun festival. People are so nice. You just walk around. Everyone's happy because yeah. it's the first sort of summery weekend. And again, it'll probably like hell now that I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's going to be raining just all week and all summer. It seems like that every summer is just rain. But hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it's not the case. Now, so I'll see you and your wife at Pooza. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to bring. Actually, I don't even think I can go. I don't have a passport. <laughs> Come on. I, I Once my son was born and, and like a couple years ago, I didn't I didn't renew it. So it's <laughs> two year old. Uh, it's three and a half, so it's been a while. Oh. Yeah, mine's mine's about to turn four. One of them. Yeah, no, that late think, three is pretty pretty do, crazy. We're there. doing the potty training stuff now, so it's like, all right. Oh, you're not. Well, it's a boy. That's why. Yeah, it's a boy. <laughs> you're a boy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. My, my mom's like, oh, girls are always you know quicker, and <laughs> yeah. they, they generally are. But the yeah, the boys don't mind sitting in shit. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you mind just like saying, hey, can I, no, I'll sit here, you know. <laughs> it's all nice and warm. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, it's like, yeah, you smell hey, like man, piss right now. Hey, man, thanks a lot for doing yeah. this. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, good luck with the tour, and hopefully you, uh, I'll see you in New York sometime. If not, I will see you in Canada, because that's the only one I'm able to see you guys. But, uh, all right, good. thanks for the talk. Hey, man, thanks a lot. Take care. Uh, bye-bye. Bye.